0: Okay, here
1: now. Okay. So. Mm. About this. You know it's scary. What? It's almost Halloween. Yeah. It's How- a Halloween month. You know what else is scary? What else? People. 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 Talking about people. <laughs> people talking about people. What are you talking about? People keep talking, talking about people. They keep on saying, laugh like, just a little too loud. We stand just a little too tall. We stare just a little too long. Well maybe they know something we don't, darling. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's give them something to talk about. Talk about love. live love, love. Love. I see what i Wow. Scary. Scary. I know. Happy, All right. Happy Halloween
2: crap <laughs> the farthest I get into like Halloween type stuff is just conspiracy theories
1: yeah and so I mean I, I, that's 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 what I was asking I was like I know you're not really the, the type for that kind of crap so nah I
2: mean in Texas we don't have scary stories we just live it
1: that's probably the dopest thing I heard all day
3: <laughs>
2: chainsaw massacre Yep.
1: yeah that is true no, I forgot about right. I forgot about that. It's got the word Texas at the very beginning of it.
2: Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> a a town that it happened in is called Briggs, and it's actually like an hour away from where I lived in Central Texas.
1: This is Waco area. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool. Roundabout, at least. So I, I understand, like maybe. Well, not maybe, but most of that story wasn't, like, true, but, I mean, it it had some truths in it. You know, it's like when any movie they make based on true events, okay, probably 30 seconds out of that whole thing was true. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, as far as I know, like, the true parts about it are it was in Texas and there was a chainsaw involved somehow.
1: And I think that Leatherface portion of it was true as well. Like oh a, yeah, I think I think that was kind of his thing.
2: I can get into like murder mysteries, maybe in terms of movies and stuff like that. But I'm not the Conjuring and all those types of movies. I'm not gonna pay money to go get the piss scared out of me like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same like way, I, dude. I don't I don't really mess with those kind of movies. Like that that that's the genre of horror, I don't mess with. I, I don't like it. I can do like a Halloween, like a you know that's that's yeah. that's a fun movie. That's,
2: that's more of a thriller, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Rather than a yeah. horror
1: film. Yeah, yeah. It's like Jason and Freddy and all that's more thriller type things. Yeah. Instead of. Um, even like Jeepers Creepers is more
2: like they're running from this dude that you see. Like
1: it's not. you seen that movie?
2: What, Jeepers Creepers? Yeah. I've seen Jeepers Creepers too, but not the first one. Okay.
1: Dude. <laughs> yeah, the second one was awesome, wasn't it? The bus scene when he's like licking the window when he finally yeah. picks the guy in the back <laughs> of the bus.
2: <laughs> completely like took any of the suspense out of it for me i was like this dude ain't hard at all
1: <laughs> yeah on the first one this had justin long in it you know him from accepted yeah there was a scene he's riding with his sister in the movie and they go by this creepy old house and you have the jeeper creeper truck and this guy is <laughs> just like getting bodies out you know they're in bags and he is just chomping them down this huge pipe that's leading down into the basement of this home and, and you, you you have to be kind of paying attention, like the camera really puts it in focus, but if you don't pay attention, you won't catch it, right? Right. And that was probably one of my one of my favorite scenes of like that kind of movie was like when you saw that, because it was real early, it was like 15 minutes in the film, and you see that and you're like, oh, good grief. <laughs> yeah. I hope y'all keep dry oh, of course, y'all turn around because you're curious. Here we go. And we have yep. a thriller.
2: Yeah, Jeepers Creepers are doing numbers, man.
1: Well, actually, I think, you know what? I think it went down like this. Like he, when, cause he senses fear, supposedly. Ah! And so when they drove by, he caught the scent cause they were like, what, what, what is, what was that? And he was like, okay. And he got in his truck and like, there was this big car scene, you know, the chase and all that. So that's how it went down. Well, all right. Hey, this is Porch Talk. Tonight I have Levi with me. Me and him met back in Mobile. We've had a lot of involvement in the past, played in church band together, with the foundation band, we done that, and for a time, we had a little side band, a little two-piece band, the general specific, and we had a lot of fun with that, p- played a lot of original songs that he wrote, and tonight, I'm excited because Levi has just dropped a song maybe about a month ago, is that right?
3: Yeah, around about, around about
1: there, yeah. Refall, and so that's available on iTunes, and Levi is a killer songwriter, so man, tell us a little bit about... ReFall and how that all came to be.
2: ReFall came about when I was in this other band called Sager. Some guys from Grand Bay here that I was in another in a church band with you in, actually. I don't know, we were at a practice one night and I just went off to the side and I had a little ditty in my head and I was like, this is kind of something, and I really just wrote down a real quick, I don't know, just kind of a simple song, was just, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus again, there we go, done and the first time i played it was at a show the one show that that band ever did and i played it because we needed some fill for a break yeah after that i don't know that i ever played it anywhere again after that but i'd done some research and found a studio in mobile called day six studios Mm -hmm. Uh, phenomenal people there and uh it basically the opportunity came up for me to record a song and i was like well this is stinking cool. So I want to make sure that I do the right one and I was just over the the next couple months looking through all the ones that I had and I have a lot and um, it's just like not that like I'm some sort of amazing songwriter or anything like that it's just that whenever I it's just something I like to do I guess like people like painting pictures or playing Xbox and stuff and I like doing all that too but one thing that I really love doing is just writing a song because it's just fun I don't
1: know it's yeah. just something I like and I I remember while, while we were playing together it would be I mean I just wrote this song and it was well, how, long did, how long did it take as quick as I could put the pen to paper pretty much like five minutes and it it's a good song <laughs> and, and we, pl- we, played the, we played those songs a lot
2: I guess a little side tangent was when I started writing songs I was 17 and I just started playing piano but before I was writing songs I wrote a uh kind of like a poem i guess yeah about this girl that i had liked in high school and i posted it on a blog on a blog i had on myspace and it kind of got around to like my group of friends and stuff and it got around with them well one of them ended up showing it to my english teacher in high school and she was like came up to me after class one day she said
3: levi this is really good yeah and i was like
2: you were not supposed to see that
3: yeah. but i appreciate
2: i appreciate it and anyhow, after I learned how to play piano a little bit and play guitar a little bit, I was like, well, why wow. don't I try to, to make it like this? Well, I think after I wrote my first one, I had like 10 of them just like back to back to back to back to back. Oh, wow. And uh, I just got addicted to it. It's kind of like, well, I don't know very many good anecdotes that deal with like addiction and stuff, but whatever it was, like, I, I guess like you your first potato chip, and it's like, man, I cannot stop. At one. But,
3: like, eating these.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Go ahead. What, what led in into, into music, learning to play piano? Where did all that come from?
2: So, actually, I really didn't have any desire to do it all the way up until then. I, I used to, you know, sing along to, like, the songs that came on the radio, and that was all well and good. I think everybody really does that. But that summer, I guess, after my sophomore year, going into my junior year, we took, like, a, uh, a trip a church trip up to uh, colorado springs okay and they had this worship band there called the desperation band and they had some really good music well my youth pastor at the time was like we gotta start a youth band uh-huh. and I, I was just sort of like a guy then like i wasn't i didn't know how to play anything but a bunch of my buddies were good musicians so they started this youth band and my sister was in it and they were like we need a keyboard player can you play and i was like no. i might be able to i don't know i've never tried to do it yeah so that was what made me want to start playing after that piano kind of came easy to me in terms of the way that i learned it I, I really don't know how to play piano i don't i can't read music or anything so any of like the lead parts i do i have to like sit there and pick it out but as far as chords go learning chords on piano is super easy okay um everything's right there in front of you you don't have to figure it out
1: so it was totally by ear and just tabs and that's how you learned it kind of just self-talk I actually
2: googled what the different chords were and then i just learned all the all the different chords tried to figure them out but there's like little printouts you can do it's like put your finger here here and here to play an a and i was like okay done got it
3: <laughs> yeah
2: but yeah that's how i learned how to play piano and then started playing music with the church band after that and it's <laughs> be cool and then started writing songs really not long after that and some of them aren't bad but refall circling back around to how i picked that song out to be the one recorded yeah i was pl- playing through a bunch of in those couple months leading up to the recording session or whatever and i picked up the ones that were my favorite like and i've told you this before typically my
1: favorite song that i've ever written is whatever the last one that i wrote was that's been the thing um, about like with I can relate man with my songwriting or even with these podcasts like I I I put so much hype on the latest one (laughs) this this is the best one I've ever done I promise I I promise just listen to I promise just listen to it I put so I'm the same way man I put so much hype on it so I get it well it's
2: not even (laughs) like like you believe it with your whole heart but you write it and you play it for somebody and especially if they know some of your other stuff and you're like what do you think about this and I'm like Oh, it's good, but my favorite is still uh the Best Side or whatever. And it's like, why? Why would you say that? Like, you, you've heard my feelings. Like, I, I want this new one to be your favorite one because it's my favorite one right now. Yeah, it's like you take it as a offense. But anyhow, I had my favorite ones picked out.
1: What was the newest man? Was Best Side on there? Uh, the Best Side was on there. There was one. Restall was like
3: fourth one and then oh lord carry me the christian song that i wrote yeah one of
2: them that was on there and then there was another one that was like whatever my most recent one was mm-hmm. and then there was refall because just because it was really simple so i played them and i'd gotten some feedback here and there that i was gonna play i think i was settled on doing the best side because like some people had, had said that that was the one yes yeah, that, is, that is a good
1: song i like it it would have been really hard to record though with just two people i don't think i would have i don't think i would have liked it as much but who's your recording my, my wife
3: uh her
2: ball, and she was like i think you should do that one and i was like oh man why she said it's different and i was like hmm done deal then and we just went with that cool what did you ask
1: who did who you say you recorded with two you and another
2: uh, me and Kenneth, Kevin Swag, as it were.
1: Dope. Was he laying the, the sweet heat with the bass lines on there? <laughs> well, he came over because um, I was like, hey,
2: I really don't have much in mind on this song because with that song, I didn't even have a strum pattern picked out. When I played it, I would just kind of hit it where I thought the changes should be, and I didn't have a set strum pattern or anything. Yeah. So he came over one day, and he was like, okay, this is the song you want to do? And I was like, yes. I said, what do you have in mind for?" how it should go, and he was like, what about this, literally the first thing he played, I was like, yep, that, is, that sounds good to me, but the recording process was actually like pretty cool, and not really at all what I expected,
1: go into that, yeah man, I'd love to hear about it, tell, tell us some more about that,
2: so uh, I called up there to the studio, I was like, hey, I'd like to book two hours, they're like, alright, done deal, you can have Friday after next, It's like, cool, I said, you'll be recording with Matt just meet him up here at 6, you'll be in there till 8. I was like, sounds good to me. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never been in that type of situation before because all the recording we'd ever done was just like, we set up our own computer and go through that.
3: I figured it would be just like that. Oh, no, it's nothing like that. (laughs) No, it's it's a whole kit and caboodle. So we get
2: there, and the guy kind of asks us, you know, what are you thinking? I'm like, well, we got one acoustic guitar and one voice, and that's all I got. He said, "Okay, well, we'll see what we can do. We had practiced it a couple times and thought that we had down, you know, the the time signature and everything right. And Kenneth's a pretty good guitar player, so mm-hmm. um, I was like, I was like, well, we can handle it. The first like ten times we tried to start the song, we just were not on time at all. And you know, they have you in the booth and stuff, and they actually let us go at the same time, so." I could hear him playing the guitar right as I was singing and stuff like that, and that was good, but we just couldn't follow the quick track, I guess because the pattern being what it was or whatever, but like we were both getting off,
1: yeah. and
2: I was like, that sucks. Was time, uh, was,
1: was time getting to where it was running out on you?
2: You know, I felt like it the whole time that we were burning time, but I think it really had only been like four or five minutes, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it just like... I guess just nerves and stuff made it seem like I was doing some Mission Impossible thing where like I only had 10 seconds left or something, and we hadn't even started. Matt comes over the, the intercom deal, and he's like, Hey, if you want, I can put in like a, a drum kit for y'all to follow along on. I was like, yes, do that. He's like, okay, well, let me just make something up real quick. And he had this program, whatever it is, on Pro Tools that you can do whatever you want really with with your drums and stuff so he mm-hmm. set one up real quick and played it and we just played behind that a whole song it took like two takes to get everything perfect which was i thought pretty good
1: yeah no kidding uh-huh. yeah it's normally 30 uh, five six seven eight twenty
2: thirty forty yeah he didn't have to to do any like redos on the guitar and stuff at that point i was like all right this is pretty sick well we he was like, okay, well, y'all are done with your part for right now. If you want to come out here and just kind of go over with me and see what y'all want next. I was like, okay, cool. And already I was like, this man is a genius. Yeah. Well, then we get into something that I, I don't know. I I think these dudes are, are more like qualified than medical doctors and stuff. These sound engineers are geniuses. Yeah, they uh, are. Know where you're going with the song before mm-hmm. you can get there. Mm-hmm. And like they, they know exactly what you should do. And so when they suggest something, it's not like coming up with this idea out of thin air. They're like, no, this is what's going to work. But And he wasn't very pushy or anything at all like that. But he played the song back for us, and he had the drums in there at that point where it was just like a generic, you know, whatever. But they sounded good. And I was like, man, I wish those drums didn't sound so good. And I said that out loud to him. He said, well, we can keep them if you want. I was like, what are you talking about? He said, well, I can, I can make it sound like real drums pretty much. He said, I'll be able to tell the difference, but most people won't upon hearing the song. And I was like, well, show me what you can do, big boy. And he went through and he did like little fills and stuff and everything. And I was like, this is stinking awesome. And man, the stuff they can do with making your instrument sound different making your voice sound different after the fact, it was, I'm talking about incredible. Like me and Kenneth were almost in tears and at one point where we get to the little bridge part i was like and i wonder if piano would sound good on that and he's like we'll pick out a part over there on my yamaha he was like i'll put it in i was like all right cool I And mean, that's how that piano part got in there was he was just like if you feel like you want to do it then do it we can do anything but yeah that was the recording experience Out and then i mean kenneth did like he went out to his car and he grabbed his bass he was like can i put bass in the song and uh, the guy was like yeah sure it took him like one take through and yeah and it was just really cool to get together and be able to like do whatever you want made me want to do it as a job full-time but yeah no kidding yeah it's tough to do that
1: well that's cool man it's it's cool to hear that uh kevin swag was on it that makes me love refall even more now (laughs) oh man i haven't heard from him in a long time man I hope he's
2: doing good. He is. He's doing pretty good. He's a character, for sure, still. It was just, like, the second I started recording songs, you always, like, get these little pipe dreams in your head about stuff, but it was always just a life goal. Like, let me get in a studio, let me record one song. That's all I want to do. And then after that, what was really cool was, like, the fact that I got the chance to get the song on the zoo, you know, because of... uh, my little connection i had there at the radio station or whatever
1: dude that's, um, that's tight
2: i don't know man that was just such a cool feeling and actually when that happened was like right after my car my car accident so it was kind of a cool little couple of weeks there where a bad thing happened and like a really cool thing happened because <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. i think within the span of three weeks i had i'd released the song on itunes got in a car accident and then got the song on the radio i was like wow would <laughs> have the turntables
1: <laughs> yeah that's cool um, man have you had a lot of feedback on the song and like as far as like just people hearing it that wasn't familiar that you done that kind of thing
2: yeah a lot at work where they were like i didn't know you sang or people will have heard the song for the first time and i'll say my name on it you know it doesn't sound like my speaking voice like i mean I sound like this and it's (laughs) it just kind of is what it is you know Right. my name will be on the the title because it is me and they'll go that's you (laughs) yes I wouldn't lie about that I promise you but I'll like good feedback pretty much for the most part and there is actually like this a service you can sign up for through one through the distribution website I went through yeah where you can submit it for
3: review with different users or whatever mm-hmm. and i guess they get paid to write
2: their reviews and stuff but that was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of cool and kind of funny because like they were brutally honest in their opinions and stuff and most of them are positive but the ones that weren't like really weren't positive yeah <laughs> it Ripsy. was like uh i wouldn't care if i never heard that song again like, oh my god
1: appreciate that
2: <laughs> yeah like that's helpful, I guess.
1: Um, that's real constructive. Let me uh, let me go yeah. find the nearest bridge.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some of them are like, man, I like the guy's voice. Some of them are like, this guy is destroying the genre. I was like, man, I don't even know what genre this is. But
1: did you see that on our uh, on the general specific video that we had for casual party? Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I started to send you a screenshot. Someone left a comment on that video a few months ago, and it, it was just exactly what you just said. The guy has This guy has a unique voice, and no offense, I'm only saying this because I'm a huge Band of Horses fan, but y'all should not cover Band of Horses. Why? And so in my rebuttal is, you know what my next video I put up on our channel? What is that? I covered No One's Gonna Love You. It should. I don't don't know if he saw it. (laughs) I was just waiting on it, and I was like, this is my favorite Band of Horses song, and crap on this one, big boy.
2: Dude, people online are like severely online. They love being online.
1: Mm hmm. It's so easy (laughs) to be a keyboard warrior. I'll tell you one of the best things I've done here lately. This is shifting off music
2: and onto the internet. But, dude, I got rid of Facebook twitter snapchat instagram anything
1: yeah i noticed you're not and on there anymore makes me sad
2: it, i guess was like a semi-conscious decision where it was like you know it would probably be good for me to like take a break from this and that's really all I thought into it because like you know you notice when you your blood pressure gets a little bit higher when you see just a bunch of stupidity on there you're yeah. like, okay maybe, maybe it's a good idea for me to take a break
1: I'm the same way. But, I bet people are the same way about me.
2: That's what, that's what I thought. Cause <laughs> yeah. like,
1: I, I, but I, I really don't use social media as that platform. The only thing i put on social media now is porch talk on all my, yeah.
2: And that's why I had, the reason I had started it back up was right when I put out refall and I was like, hey, everybody go listen to this. And then cut yeah, it back I, up. it's weird when you notice it like affecting you, I guess. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, where it's like okay i've been two weeks clean from
2: social media and uh my wife says i'm a lot nicer that's weird <laughs> probably no correlation at all right i only get on social media now to look at porch talk too dope
1: appreciate yes. that <laughs> no problem i'm gonna i gotta find some links i'm gonna put some links up for refall on the uh, the facebook and instagram page
2: did i ever send you the, the file
1: no I don't oh, the, I, you know, if you can get the email I'll, I'll tag it at the end if you don't mind and that'll be okay, the, that'll yeah. be the close yeah I can do that that'll be great
2: yeah, give a little people some a ear little, candy
1: yeah for sure if, if uh, and something here. else I was, I was gonna ask you is plan to be down there man uh, I hope soon and I'm gonna bring all my recording equipment and I would love to do some old some of the some of the originals that me and you did together and you know, just mm-hmm. have them saved and, like, just use them throughout the show. Absolutely.
2: 100% yes.
1: I still watch those YouTube videos, man. They're good. Yeah. I, I, I like those original songs, man. I, Best Side and Break It All, those those two became my favorites.
2: Man, I watched the Break It All video the other day, and I was like, I miss it. Just because, like, it sounds so much better with two guitars
1: than one. Yeah. It's the most, I
2: think, taken back Sunday like song we've ever done.
1: Yeah. And that that was always the go.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They're the gold standard for sure. Mm
1: hmm. Probably them in Manchester.
2: Them in Manchester <laughs> and my new one that I have in my little top hierarchy of bands, which we can do this if you want to. Please
1: do. Uh, Let's go. But,
2: <laughs> which I'm I'm thinking I can probably guess your top three already. Yeah, but um, depending on the day for sure. But Taking Back Sunday is always going to be my number one. I don't care if I'm at a funeral or a wedding or if I have pneumonia or if uh, my dog just died. I will listen to <laughs> Taking Back Sunday. Whatever you put on, I do not care. <laughs> like every, they have a song for every situation. Number one and number two, they just got some freaking toe tappers. I'll never get tired of like their first two albums. Really, their first three albums. I don't know what it is. It's just I put those three albums for that band up against any other bands. Like not only first three albums, but three consecutive albums. Oh, they're just gold. Mm-hmm. So they're number one, number two of all time. Probably is Manchester Orchestra, but I'm including Right Away, Great Captain as part of Manchester Orchestra because oh. it's the same dude.
1: And have you a, seen those nervous of, sessions on YouTube? Who's that they with have? I can't remember the YouTube channel, but if you look up right, you know right away, Great Captain. And if you type in nervous sessions, he'll play that uh, that that favorite song of his that I do. I think it's called like Lions Do. Like Lions Do. I think that's my favorite oh, yeah. one. Even though, like the two albums, man, I went out and bought those two that me and you listen to all the time. Oh, really? And then I think, like, Lions do, that was on the next one, and I, I haven't found it yet. I haven't – I mean, it would be easy to find. I just – every time I go to the record store, I never think to look for it.
2: He did two, like, almost back-to-back, and then the third one he came out with, like, two or three years ago.
1: Um, I think that was the one with, like, Lions do.
2: That, I don't know. That dude's a genius also.
1: Yeah. but I mean, because right away, Great Captain is a story.
2: Yes. That's an insane story too. Like just to think about, like I'm gonna do a whole different band, and it's just gonna be about this captain, or not captain, but this, uh, this sailor. Sailor gets cheated on. Man, I um, you remember the song he did? I'm not ready to forgive you.
1: Oh yeah, dude, that's one of my favorite. That, that's probably number two.
2: The writing in that song is ridiculous. It's probably not my number two, just because Oh No, I Tried is so good.
1: That that, that would probably be number three. That that would be my three.
2: (laughs) What about I Was a Cage?
1: That one's good. I just think it ain't my top three.
2: What about Right Ahead You Sailor?
1: Yeah, Right Ahead Young Sailor? Yeah. Yeah. I still play that one on the guitar.
2: That one's really fun. mm Mm-hmm. If you don't know Right Away Great Captain, go check out Right Away Great
1: Captain. Mm-hmm.
2: Not just the song, but that song is good, too.
1: Yeah, but that's not the best one. Oh, heavens no. <laughs> <laughs> and if if, if, um, if you'll check the albums, like if you go to YouTube to look it up, if you'll listen to it in order, it'll tell the story.
2: Mm-hmm. So, wait, you don't think I Was a Cage is a top three Right Away song?
1: When I was first introduced, yes, but when I heard, like, lines do, like, that... Like Lines Do hopped up to number one and it fell out.
2: Like Lines Do is number one. What Manchester song I always think is right away?
1: Uh, $100. Uh, <laughs>
2: that's one of them. There's three. Where Have You Been?
1: Well, yeah. That's I like a good song. The lyrics in that song, they're out there. They're,
2: they're a tough pill to swallow.
1: That's not my favorite Manchester orchestra song. I can't think of the name of it, but it's. I just remember this line and I, I thought what was angels was actually ambulance yeah what's the name um, of that song that's a,
2: dum, 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 dum,
1: dum. Mm-hmm. I can feel a hot one I can feel a hot one that is, that song right and that is a tough pill to swallow
2: that one I can feel your pain is tough too yeah he's a really good writer anyway my number three band of all um, and it's really just off of two albums, which is pretty impressive. Is "Me Without You." Okay. Cool. And if you listen to listen to the albums "Brother Sister" and "Catch for the Foxes," there's some incredible, like theological stuff to deal with in there. I think my favorite part "Brother Sister" is just the title of one song is called "A Glass Can Only Spill What It Contains," and I just feel like
1: that says enough.
2: Yeah, like how much more simply can you put something so complex Gee. in terms of like how it deals with your day to day life and things like that?
1: Man, let me, know, it's yeah. Go, go ahead and finish that day to day life. No, I
2: think I think I was just rambling at that point.
1: Okay, I've been reading this FCA article on the 2017 national championship for Dabo and Clemson. Uh huh. And the opening verse. It's, uh, it would be like part C, it's a long verse. You want to talk about something that was just incredibly profound to me. Let me look it up real quick. It's Luke six forty five. Here you go. For the for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. And like to give you the context, the good person. Out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks.
2: You want to know what's crazy? What? We literally used that word, uh, that verse, this last Sunday in our Sunday school lesson. Yeah. Because we did a lesson on a glass can only feel what it contains.
1: <laughs> I mean, and right when you said that that title, I was like, that is exactly... Because the only thing that can come out of your mouth mm-hmm. is what's in that heart.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, we're still on the same wavelength in there, Alan.
1: Guess my top three bands.
2: All right, your top three is Band of Horses. Okay. Band of Horses. Yeah. And Band of
1: Horses. Yeah. Okay, and we're done. <laughs> so,
2: no, I think um, I think Taking Back Sunday is near the top three, but I don't know if they're in
1: it. Yeah, um, they' they're that close. Let's see what else you got. What is that? Incubus. Yeah, old Incubus now, not this new crap. I haven't li- yeah. I, I didn't <laughs> like the last two. I saw them too. And they, they, really? Yeah, I saw they were at Memphis too. It was one of the main reasons I went. Jack White and Incubus was there. I
2: hate that for you that you saw a band that you thought you were going
1: to love and you ended up hating them. No, I I walked off after after I saw I got to see my favorite songs that they play. I really? love I love Anna Molly. Oh, okay. That is like probably my favorite. Well, and then there's Pardon Me and. I think they done Wish You Were Here and so when I heard those I was like I'm good I don't care what you do now I'm out of here yeah Jack White's about to play deuces Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then seeing Jack White dude he threw back and he was like Seven Nation Army and then I just went right to Rusty
2: yeah (laughs) he as far as I'm concerned Rusty wrote Seven Nation Army
1: Salvation Army excuse me
3: Salvation Army yeah sorry
1: (laughs) Is and so and then I mean he did Carolina drama you know so he tipped his hats to the tours and the White Street you know all his other bands on top of playing the the work that he's doing now which is phenomenal uh-huh. so, yeah, but you have to you have to like Jack White and I like Jack White so a lot of people don't so it's kind of yeah you gotta it's kind of like uh, oh gosh the guy from My Morning Jacket Jim James. Either, mm-hmm. You either love him or hate him, so band the horses, Incubus, taking back. If you went with those three, that would be fine. Lately, my biggest influences has been Leon Bridges.
2: Mhm. You do love Leon Bridges.
1: Mhm. And because it's good. Why? I'm gonna butcher his last name, but I'm gonna try. Michael Wonga. And I didn't. I didn't. I didn't butcher it. I, I Wonga, That's right. I finally said it right. <laughs> got it. Uh, he's really good. I like him. I like to listen to him. I don't try to play like him because I can't, but I like Greta Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. They sound just like Led Zeppelin.
2: So, an unfortunate thing that has happened to me since, uh, well, I don't want to alienate anybody, but like I don't care for country music all that much, especially like the current iterations of it, mm-hmm. but I've been listening to a lot of country music because that's all the people at my work listen to so when we're out in, like the trucks and stuff on our way to the job site and things like that they're like only want to listen to you know whatever is on the country music station
1: mm-hmm. Jason Aldean's and all those cats right those are the ones that are yeah, hard all the to Florida stomach.
2: Georgia line and stuff
1: like that yeah he's hard to stomach but they're hard to stomach
2: every now and then they'll play some like old Blake Shelton or something and I'm like this isn't terrible or George Strait will come on once in the blue moon. I'm like, this is actually good.
1: Mm-hmm. Alan Jackson's good.
2: I don't think they ever play Alan Jackson, other than the there, way they down play down them
1: all the, the time, time on, on these country stations.
2: <sighs> well, we need to swap country stations.
1: Yeah, which we got. Because like if I hear seven,
2: if I've got to hear a Florida Georgia Line featuring Backstreet Boys one more time, I might throw a brick through one of our windows, like. Like this sucks. Can we put on anything else?
1: Yeah, good country music. It's not on the radio. You had people like Whiskey Myers and Sturgill Simpson, and yeah, you you so, have you have good country music out there, but it don't. It's not radio country.
2: Stapleton gets on the radio a fair amount, mm-hmm. but
1: um, yeah, and he's good.
2: He's he's good. He's not. I don't know. I don't know how to describe him. He, I don't.
1: I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go for it right here. It's a voice between Fergie and Jesus.
2: <laughs> that's it. That's, the, yeah. that's
1: what I was looking for. Yeah. I mean, he um, has got a good voice. Yeah. Um. Like I remember the first time I heard Tennessee whiskey, and then you heard the applause at the end, and I was like, "That was live." Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah.
2: Have you seen him do it with uh, Justin Timberlake?
1: yes and that says something even though they say something 57 million times I don't don't, don't mind that song
2: he makes Justin Timberlake looks like a worse singer than him which is also saying something yeah even though Timberlake probably has one of the worst halftime shows ever yeah Super Bowl halftime shows
1: whoopsies
2: so I I listen to it a fair amount of rap but it's really just to talk like with some of my old friends from when i worked at walgreens where like a new album will come out from somebody that's like at least semi-famous or whatever and i'll listen to it and just kind of review it like lil wayne
1: i mean yeah he put out the carter five or is it four yes five yeah um i've listened to uh, i've listened to a couple tracks it's
2: I'm trying to put this as gently as possible. <laughs> it's good for somebody who hasn't put out, like, in terms of like something that's been so hyped up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It is underwhelming for me, but I listen to every track on it. It's just like, yeah, this is a little Wayne album. I'm not sure what his place anymore is in rap. It's like when Jay-Z put out an album last year, It was like, wow, oh, I, I don't really need this from me right now.
1: Ooh, I've been wanting to talk to you about this. What you think about Kids See Ghost? I love Kids See Ghost. uh... I figured you would, man. When Kids See Ghost came out, Mm -hmm. and I was listening through, right when I saw that Cuddy was coming back and I saw that he was working with Kanye, and you know I'm not the biggest Kanye West fan. Mm -hmm. But I've been... I started to call you a couple months ago when it happened. It finally clicked. And now I appreciate it. And now I like his music. And I've been able to go back on some of his older stuff. And I like it now. Kid Cudi finally helped me with that. Was like when I went back and listened to Man on the Moon. Mm hmm. And then listened to Cudi apart from Kanye. Mm
2: hmm.
1: He needed Kanye. So that's
2: the thing that, like, Kanye's a good producer. You really can't take that away from him. And, like, for. Uh, A good stretch of time there. He was also like an above average rapper. So he was doing the thing he was good at or the thing that he's one of the best at. And then he was also putting himself in there. And it was like, as long as he didn't say anything really stupid, like it was going to be a good track. Mm -hmm. But now he's kind of gone off the rails, but his producing is still good. And his, I don't care anything about Pusha T and never have but the album he did with him was also really good because he did, like, I don't know, four or five albums that he produced this summer. Mm-hmm. And the worst, the worst one was probably his, like, his own one. I was like, well, whatever. But, yeah, you give him Kid Cudi or somebody, like, decent to work with, and he can produce the crap out of a song. He, he just do. does stuff that, like, you wouldn't think to do. Like, on the Watch the Throne album he did with Jay-Z, he has a song called... People in Paris. It's not people, but I can't say the
1: real word that they use. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the album. <laughs> and
2: he, in that song, he he puts a scene from Blades of Glory in there. Dope. And it's like, why would you even come up with that? But
1: that's him. Special mind. Uh-huh. I tell you, someone else I've been a fan of lately, and I liked I liked the music video with the song rather than just like riding in my truck listening to the song mm-hmm. that uh feels like summer Childish Gambino I've liked Childish Gambino for some time now
2: Childish Gambino is good
1: and I like it I like Donald buddies? Glover like with Atlanta yes
2: oh man hey, you watched Atlanta yes Best show on TV
1: yeah we were a couple episodes ago we were talking about the Teddy Perkins episode oh my god and then seeing I it watched, show up um, at the Emmys Yeah, well that wasn't him though No, okay, because he took a picture You know, beside the guy I I thought he maybe went back and then changed and I I didn't know So there's a rumor,
2: and it's like Pretty much verified now But that was Lakeith Stanfield Or, um, what's his name in the show?
1: I thought it was Donald Glover playing that part
2: It was him playing that part In the episode But at the Emmys He got a Stanfield.
1: Stanfield Okay, well
2: but what's his name on the show?
1: Oh, uh, I can't remember. Right? <laughs> I ain't that awful?
2: Yeah. But anyway, it was that dude. He dressed up as Teddy Perkins for the Emmys.
1: what well, that's dope? Yeah.
2: Teddy Perkins and B A N from season one are my two favorite episodes. That's the one where Paperboy goes on that talk show and yeah. they have the transracial guy on there. Yeah. That is almost perfect tv man it's just hilarious like i i don't
1: know i i mean i I went back and watched some of like 30 rock and like you know donald glover getting started and i was like man he's was good here he just didn't realize it because he was just kind of real kind of low-key
2: he was a yeah he was a writer on 30 rock Mm -hmm. um and then he was on uh community he was really good on community
1: Mm -hmm.
2: he has a stand-up special that he did which is pretty good you ever seen that?
1: I haven't watched the stand-ups. I've seen clips.
2: He wrote a joke for 30 Rock one time after he got on Community. The people on 30 Rock were talking about lack of representation, NBC shows and stuff, which is like a super meta thing to even do. Like, you're on an NBC show also writing for another NBC show about NBC shows not having black people on them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jack Donaghy says something about they say that we don't have enough representation on our shows. Don't we have that uh that one fellow on that on community. What's his name? And uh <laughs> Tina Fey goes uh Donald Glover. <laughs> and, like saying it like
3: mm-hmm.
2: like it's pronounced different because he's black or whatever. Yeah. He wrote that joke about himself. What a like flex to pull off.
1: Yeah, he's he's smart, man.
2: Speaking of Donald Glover, though, I've got some bad news. Okay. I just watched Solo, the Star Wars movie, yesterday.
1: I was worried about that. Yeah. It's not good. The movie itself or him?
2: The movie itself. He does his best to save it, but...
1: Can't. I I never thought that was a good idea.
2: (laughs) So, like, I get... The whole time they were coming out with these new Star Wars movies, I was like, guys, it's not that serious if they don't follow every letter of the law in terms of, like, going according to canon or whatever, or if they get this wrong according to comics, because after all, what they're doing is making new movies, so they can continue to make new movies because they're making money off of it. So, so I watched the new ones, and I understand, like, people not wanting to watch the old ones, or the new ones, because they don't go by the old ones or whatever. But the only way that new ones work is if they're entertaining, and enjoyable. Like if you're not gonna stick to like the story or whatever, and you're gonna make it your own, just make it a good movie and not watch it. Yeah. Well, that it's just hard to replace Harrison Ford. Like, cause the whole time I'm watching Solo, it's like this dude doesn't even sound like on Solo. Like his mannerisms aren't the same. I just wanted him to be Harrison Ford the whole time. And then also <laughs> a major downfall to the movie is Woody Harrelson is in it. Really? And like for yeah, for a good amount of the movie, like almost the whole movie.
1: <laughs> like most of the time, I don't really mind Woody.
2: He's alright sometimes. He wasn't all right in this movie.
1: You know, I like White Man Can't Jump.
2: Yeah, that was thirty years ago.
1: Yes, that was. I like Zombieland.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was good in Zombieland,
1: and. That'll do, Pig.
2: He has a, a mustache in this one,
1: though. Oh, great. Is it yeah. as good as... All right, all right, all right. McConaughey with his mustache and Daisy. Feast.
2: Nothing can be as good as that mustache.
1: Yeah. I'm glad we landed there.
2: What <laughs> a crazy thing. That's McConaughey's first role. I mean, that's his most iconic role still, isn't it?
1: I would say so. I mean, who doesn't... All, you know, everybody, all right, all right, all right. Everybody knows that line. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he still does it. Yeah. So, I mean, I th- he likes it.
2: <laughs> Craziest thing ever still is him being <laughs> in those stupid, uh
1: don't you they, dare. Lincoln
2: commercials or something?
1: Oh, I was about to say, I was like, don't you dare call Tropic Thunder stupid. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no,
2: I wouldn't. <laughs> Tropic Thunder made me a Tom Cruise fan.
1: Yeah, was, it done me that, that way, too, to man. Do.
2: After that, I think I watched all the Mission Impossible straight through. I was like, you know what? I'm just going all in.
1: Lex Grossman.
2: So good. It's like, I'm talking scorched
3: earth.
1: (laughs) You're going to need to call the United Nations (laughs) to get a binding resolution to stop me from messing you up. (laughs) Tom Cruise is going off.
2: It was him before the movie. Like, Entertainment Tonight. Did a story on it or whatever, like, Tom Cruise's Shocking Transformation. I was like, yeah, okay, I don't care. I'm going to just go watch this movie. Yeah. Boy, was I in for a surprise.
1: Yeah. You know, the first, and it ended up being one of my favorite movies. The first time I watched Tropic Thunder, I hated it. Mm-hmm. And then we immediately watched it again. And then, like, second time I watched it and I kind of paid attention, I was like, that's Tom Cruise. Well, <laughs> yeah and you start you kind of, you kind of start seeing what they were trying to do and you're like "Oh, i can appreciate this
2: what's the song he keeps <laughs> playing he plays the apple bottom jeans song
1: dances to it <laughs> that's his jam
2: <laughs> no he plays it he's like um if you do this for me talking to matthew mcconaughey he's like i'll get you a g5 and he's like a g5 aeroplane he's like a g5 and he just turns the song on and starts doing his dance
3: boots with yeah. the fur.
2: I remember seeing that in theaters. I was in high school still. And
1: okay, tell me was, this. This is my question. Okay. The opening trailers with like booty sweat, mm-hmm. and the Satan's Alley, and <laughs> Jack Black's crazy trailer with the 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 family that just farts everywhere.
3: <laughs>
1: what was that like seeing it in theaters? Was you like is is this real life? What it is was this?
2: Crazy. Once they did booty sweat. I was like, okay, this got to be part of the movie, but I don't know. It was weird. I I think I had low expectations for the movie going in because that summer was just a golden summer for comedies because yeah. Step Brothers was released that summer. Yeah. Uh, Pineapple Express was released, and Don't Mess with the Zohan was released, and I would already watched all three of those, and then watched Tropic Thunder, and I was like, well, this one's the fourth best. And I uh, I just was wrong <laughs> off of that. It's prob it probably is the third though. Like I don't think it's better than Pineapple or
1: Step Brothers. No, I can't push it that far. Pineapple Express is is dope. Bees Knees out of nine. B's knees. And it's crazy you brought up Step Brothers because that is the open for this show. Is it? Yeah. People. Talking about people. people. Yeah,
2: sounded like a combination of Fergie and Jesus.
1: Yeah, we didn't do that part, but I'm, we plugged that earlier. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah. did our job. Step Brothers is easily the most like quotable the, movie of all time.
2: Maybe the most quotable movie of all time.
1: I don't like, think there's been a day in my life since I watched that movie that I didn't say something from that movie. Just- <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, man. Because <laughs> I'm that it's, might be how I start the workday off. Did you touch my drum set? I thought
2: you were going to go with the uh, what they say whenever they get there for the interview. I mean, I know I can probably quote Hot <laughs> Rod better than that, but in terms of just like what the general population can do, I'm sure it's Step Brothers by a considerable margin.
1: Soul of a bottlenose dolphin. it look like we we're making out a little bit sweet I gotta go to my quiet place
2: <laughs> mom wants <laughs> mom wants to know if you guys want some cherry kool-aid Maggie don't even ask just bring it don't stare at me go <laughs>
1: that movie's so good
2: hey little girl I don't <laughs> want cherry it upsets my
1: stomach I forgot he was in there
2: Danny McBride.
1: Yeah, I haven't haven't watched that movie in a while, man. Oh, it's so good.
2: (laughs) What are your your top three comedy movies?
1: Mm. I think we've already talked about
2: them. I think so, too. I think mine goes 3-2-1. It goes uh, Step Brothers, Pineapple, Hot Rod.
1: I would say Step Brothers... Tropic Thunder, Pineapple Express.
2: It's weird that all three of yours came out the same summer.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: But they were
2: so good. I think most of, like, that era Will Ferrell comedies are good.
1: You know, I'm looking forward to that doesn't... Sherlock Holmes thing they're doing, though. What's that? You seen the Sherlock Holmes? Uh-uh. Yeah, look that up. That's him in, uh, uh,. Same guy John from C. Reilly? yeah John C. Riley. They're doing like a Sherlock Holmes Watson thing.
2: Definitely gonna look that up. Yeah,
1: yeah. What was wrong with Talladega Nights? That's a quotable movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's very quotable for sure. And Anchorman's pretty quotable too.
1: Uh, I still go with that Black Panther. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time, it works every time. Or it doesn't make any sense. Sixty percent or whatever you said. Yeah That doesn't like, make any sense
2: Yeah said Brick killed a man Yeah I threw a trident He's <laughs> like so, yeah you may want to lay low for a while
1: I've been meaning to talk to you about that <laughs> <laughs> I love lamp Are you just he says, uh, Are you just saying things in the room Or do you actually love, love the lamp I, I love, love lamp.
3: carpet
2: <laughs> <laughs> He says uh <laughs>
1: And I like Jack Black's scene. <laughs> it's
2: so stupid. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, well, now this is happening.
1: <laughs> Puts him. No, not Baxter. Right,
2: right after that, he calls from the telephone booth. He's like, Ron, where are you?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm in
2: a glass case of emotion. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was probably the that, that was my best sequence in that movie for me. Oh my gosh <laughs> I said this you really just hit me with a burrito <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> that bike that was I love that bike more than anything. What's something that you love? <laughs> well I love well Baxter here he's my companion. <laughs> okay, well, this is happening. <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, beautiful San Diego it's actually pronounced San Diego which which means (laughs) a whale's (laughs) just like oh, I don't know about that translation
1: oh it does (laughs) (laughs) I
2: Brick says, "He's like, I don't know about having a woman on the news team. So their periods attract bears." (laughs) Paul Rudd's like, "Great,
1: Ron, you hear that? Bears? (laughs) Do you want to come to the the pants party? Excuse me, Brick. Do you want to? You want to come to the the pants party? Are you inviting me to a party in your pants?"
2: Yes. Just starts yes, I am. <laughs> she sits down and he just looks over her. He says, "You're not wrong." <laughs> <laughs> so the Cubbies are playing right now. Okay. Baseball playoffs. Yeah. They're losing.
3: <laughs> Braves are good this year, and it's weird because they were just god awful
2: trash last year.
1: <laughs> yeah um, they were yeah sorry um, I, yeah, that's fine I'm, go Raptors I don't care that they got their erosion
2: <laughs> well I wouldn't either you want to pay uh, you want to pay DeRozan for the next five years to be a, a pretty good player or do you want to pay Kawhi for this year and then potentially a few years after that to be a very good player.
1: And that was something that I, I was I think this is a great segue. Man, NBA. Let's I know we're in the off season and let's talk about it a little bit. We're just, barely just, in the
2: off season though.
1: I, I I still got my Raptors hat and I'm still doing <laughs> Raptor news. Give me some Raptor news. Oh I'm telling you man, but can I tell you that the West is wild? Please tell me. Tell me more. I'm breaking some
2: news. I'm breaking news. Breaking news. The
1: West is wild.
2: The West is wild this year. Tell me. So Denver missed out on the playoffs by half a game by a game last year. So they lose. Minnesota goes in. They break the streak of like 16 straight years missing the playoffs. So Minnesota, they get in the eighth seed, promptly smoked out of the playoffs by the Warriors. So congratulations. You're gone.
1: Yeah, um, but at least so you made that, it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Constellation Prize. I mean, that's that's been the story of my Raptors. They, I mean, uh, the yeah. Cavaliers have been the Achilles heel for them in the playoffs in regular season as well.
2: Yeah. So I'm, I might be in the minority on this, but shifting just from the west to the east real fast, then I'll go back to the west. Um, I love what the Raptors did. And I think, you know, LeBron leaves, and you're like, all right, we can run it back, and we'll probably be one of the two or three best teams in the East.
1: Yeah, behind the uh, Celtics.
2: Celtics and maybe the Sixers.
1: Because the Celtics are so stinking good right now.
2: They're stacked, but, man, the Raptors are just so well put together. And I don't know... It's being undervalued at how much flexibility Kawhi Leonard gives you. Like the Raptors were already a good defensive team, and then you add in a two-time Defensive Player of the Year who also happens to be the best on-ball defender in the NBA. I love what the Raptors <laughs> did. I think it was a great move. So I I have them picked as my number one seed over the Celtics. Really? Just because like Kyrie doesn't play defense. I don't know if Gordon Hayward's leg works. Really? Still. You know. Yeah. Back to the
3: NBA West. The Nuggets missed the playoff by one game. They're like, all right, we're going
2: to fix this. They go out and they add Isaiah Thomas. They did a good draft, which I forget who they even got. They got Michael Porter, who's going to be really good once his back decides to not be broken. So they should be good, but it doesn't matter because the Lakers went out and they got LeBron stinking James.
3: The Spurs...
2: The Spurs even went and they lost Kawhi, and it doesn't matter because they're just going to shoot mid-range jumpers all year with DeRozan and Marcus Aldridge, and they're going to still make the playoffs. So the Nuggets, too bad, still not getting in the playoffs
1: this what year. What about them Rockets? So. We'll be the two-seed.
2: We'll lose in the semifinals again. Yeah. Or the Western Conference Finals.
1: In your mind, does LeBron go into the Lakers? Is that going to matter?
2: It's still not going to matter this year, and it It already wasn't going to matter. Like, even if everyone knew, like, okay, LeBron's going to the Lakers, yeah, yeah, whatever, that's fine. They'll be pretty good, maybe like four or five seed because the the Warriors are still going to be great. The Rockets are going to be really good, score a bunch of points, and the Thunder probably be back there, you know, third or fourth in the race for it at least. Then after LeBron signs, the Warriors are like, okay, bet. We'll just go and get DeMarcus Cousins. (laughs) And it's like. But you were already gonna win. Like, why do you need? Him? Why do you need him?
1: For mobile, for us.
2: <laughs> uh, that's true. We will have a, a NBA champion after this year, huh?
1: Yeah, I remember the first game that we went to. It was the Pelicans Kings. versus the Kings, and, and we were really Boobie down put up low. Fifty. Yeah, dude, we had really good seats. We and were at row five, I think. I think that's correct. Right behind the backboard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt the wind off of one of the Marcus Cousins dunks, Mister Boogie himself, and I was like, "I am a fan. I'm a fan." Did you um Did you go with me to the
3: one where it was right after he had gotten traded to the Pelicans?
1: Yes,
2: where some man, some poor soul had flown from Sacramento to New Orleans, made a sign. went up to security was like I got this sign for Boogie that I flew it says I flew all the way from Sacramento to here to watch you I still love you blah 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 basically (laughs) so the man like speaks with Pelican security and like gets special permission to stand near like the tunnel where the players run out the Pelicans players and he holds it up like in all its glory and he's wearing a Boogie Cousins uh, Kings jersey and he's like Boogie I love you Boogie just, as casually as possible, strolls on by and does not even
4: break stride.
2: Like, doesn't look his way, oh doesn't Lord. acknowledge him at all. How heartbreaking yeah. <laughs> would that be? Yeah,
4: that'd not be pretty to
2: tough. Mention, like, wallet breaking. Like, I have spent thousands of dollars for Just to be
1: here. Seasons.
2: Yeah, to acknowledge me, and he didn't look at me. Wow.
1: Well, good thing the bar's open. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, uh, when it was open.
1: I guess I guess that was that guy's down. You know, maybe downfall.
2: <laughs> I mean, it just made me a bigger DeMarcus Cousins fan. But my, I don't know if it's fair to say this because there are so many great players in the NBA right now. But probably my favorite player to watch for not basketball reasons, just for like. Just for the way they carry themselves is Patrick Beverly.
1: Oh my because lord! Beverly, my old friend.
2: So he did my favorite thing of the whole NBA season last season, and it was the first game. I think, I think it was the first game because Lon, the Lakers played the Clippers, and so it was Lonzo Ball's his debut. Know, right, like, and it's gonna be this big thing and all the crap that had gone on with LaVar last year. Remember we used to care about LaVar ball, isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah, now we and, don't so much. And
2: th- now we don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so Lonzo Ball came out and it was like an out of bounds play. And the very first play he just picked him up full court and like they inbounded it to somebody else. There was an out of bounds play and they were trying to inbound the ball to Lonzo. Patrick Beverly of course is guarding him. And he's talking crap to him the entire time. It's the ball's out of bounds. He's talking to him during the timeout. <laughs> talking to him during the TV timeout. He's talking to him up and down the court the whole time. So they're trying to get the ball into Lonzo. And Be- <laughs> Beverly just, like, straddles his leg somehow. And Lonzo catches it. And he just, like, chest bumps him over the half-court line. Oh, Lord. And they call a foul on Beverly, of course. Yeah. And he didn't care. He didn't even look at the ref for the whistle. He just like He knew it was coming. Lonzo. He was like, yeah, so what? And I think Lonzo ended up shooting like one for 17 that night or something with like <laughs> four turnovers. He just, Beverly was up in his grill and just had him completely shook. I was like, that's and, why I love you.
1: And, and that was why I really liked watching the Rockets with you, man. Like what few games mm-hmm. I caught with you, it was like watching Beverly and on top of that Clark Harden. <laughs> And that's some of the points that I've made over uh, wrestling or comic books or whatever we've talked about on the show so far is find somebody that is into it. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you they'll make it worth it for you. For sure.
2: I even do that with, like, teams I don't necessarily like so much. Like, I... I don't know if I'll tell this story It's probably a sore subject with you Tell it So I was at I think you were living with us at the time But you were probably at work mm. But when the kick six happened Yeah The two biggest Auburn fans I know Dylan Westbrook and Paul, my brother Who <laughs> I never some reason
1: understood why Paul pulled for Auburn
2: For some reason he was an Auburn fan that day Yeah and I watched that play happen with them, too. And they were running and screaming like complete hooligans. And it made it fun, even though I didn't like that an Auburn fan had joy. I yeah. just was like, that's good. <laughs> but the NBA is something else. I watched, um, it was a couple of years back with Zach. I watched uh, the Warriors play the Thunder at, I think I was at my house. And uh, Curry hit like a pull-up, forty-three foot three-pointer to end overtime, and it was his thirteenth of the game to break the NBA record. And I was like,
1: "Jeez, this,
2: this guy's ridiculous."
1: Yeah, I mean, even with even with that kick six, I'm, I'm I don't, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? It, it was a good play. I, I'm not upset over it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's not like you know, I've had anything good happen since then.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, it's not like we won a national championship since then or yeah.
2: – <laughs> And you have the best quarterback in the nation right
1: now. Yeah. That joker is unreal, by the way. With Alabama this season and Texas A&M being probably the the hardest match that they've seen so far. <laughs> yeah. And not saying anything bad about A&M at no. all is my goodness Tua how are you that efficient his last game
2: he was 8 for 8 which they were not playing anyone special or anything but it's hard to throw 8 for 8 against the air
1: like yes like even if me and you were throwing football back and forth in the yard
2: yes and he's throwing like 48 yard bombs <laughs>
1: Yeah. Just on the money. Whatever. Like I say, man, I have been waiting to jump on this Alabama bandwagon to say (laughs) that they are ruining college football for the season. And I was waiting until November when they went to Death Valley, but I I don't know if anybody is going to have anything to do with that. LSU's offense is not
2: nearly good enough to – Give Batman any trouble. That's my opinion, and it's also a fact.
1: So, and that's uh, been another question I've been raising about LSU all season: is what's going on over there? I mean, cause like you know, they'll blow people out, and then they'll have a struggle, and they blow people out and struggle, and it's been this kind of way for the past two seasons. And I was like. What's your identity? Who are you?
2: Yeah, they're um. I'm trying to think of who they remind me of, but nothing's really coming to mind. They remind me of LSU.
1: It, yeah, I guess that would they're be their solid defense,
2: and their offense just is hit and miss. Um, but it's. I feel like they could get upset this weekend. and you know, I wouldn't be that surprised.
1: Yeah, I think they'll get upset with their last game of the season. At College Station, if I was being honest, I have LSU well, marked for three losses for the season. Okay, so that's what I I have Georgia, a mark for. Yeah, Georgia, Bama, and A and M. I think they lose to Florida this weekend. Oh, you're calling? Okay. Yeah. What about they, Ke- What about Kentucky? By the way, oh my goodness, they come out of nowhere. I mean, I know it's a Stoops brother that's coaching, but jeez. Yeah.
3: They're going to kill us this
2: weekend.
1: Are you serious?
2: They're going to beat us.
1: They're going to beat A&M. Yeah. Where's the game at? Uh, I think it's in C-Stat. Mm, no. Dude, I don't see it. Because what I, what I was saying a, a while back was Alabama beat, you know, up to Louisville to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Their track record is not good. But A&M should have been undefeated walking into Bryant-Denny. They got robbed when they played Clemson. <laughs>
2: I've never been more upset at a football game, probably. Not since mm, the Texans had a really bad loss one time. But not since then have I been actually like physically mad at a football
1: game. I'm telling you. And what what's crazier is, like, watching Clemson, Kelly Bryant transferred out, and then second quarter, oh man. you lose your quarterback, <laughs> and now you're down the third string. And somehow so, you find a way. And I know it's Syracuse. But – Put any, any football system into that situation. Yeah. That's tough. So, do you see what um, Tua said about Hurts after that came out? I did not. So, it
2: was his first interview that he's been, like, allowed to do because Saban has his rules or whatever. Right. He said something about the Clemson situation. He was like, that's why I appreciate Jalen Hurts so much. He was like, you never know when an injury is going to happen. And if it does, we won't be holding the bag basically like we're going be stuck without somebody who doesn't know what to do he's like mac jones is really good having jalen hurts as a fallback is way better than like clemson losing trevor
1: lawrence and then not having kelly bryant there absolutely he's like, he's like you see what happens
3: so that's why i'm glad jalen stayed
1: <laughs> yeah no kidding because like in my mind if i was <laughs> 20 21 years old how road he is I'm completely thinking about myself. Yeah. And what's best for me. If you were to tell me that I would have two years' eligibility, okay, well, I don't know what college team would give me a starting position. Right. But at the same time, I'd rather risk it than play second fiddle.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, and that, I think, is the thing why Jalen ended up staying was because he has more than one year of eligibility left. Yeah. So, I mean, even if he sticks out this season, he can still. I believe graduate transfer next year.
1: Yeah, he'll have yeah. a year, but yeah, he would have he would have had two years if he would have you know yeah. took the red yeah. shirt like Kelly Bryant. But
2: Kelly Bryant, no, he's only going to have one, regardless.
1: So I he think. pretty much screwed himself.
2: No, he would have screwed himself if he stayed at Clemson, but he'll
1: get to play next year. Okay, where did he, he go? He, by the way,
2: he hadn't said he doesn't have to decide that. He just has to. Not
1: play. You know, it's got to be such a wild time. I know. And especially after seeing the impact of you leaving. I
2: don't know. Old Dabo said he would take him back. I was like,
1: yeah, right. Yeah. I, I couldn't see Dabo taking him back. Like, you walked out on your team, dude. There's no way. I couldn't see coming back. No. Because, and this is just me
3: personally, but I don't think Trevor Lawrence is that much better than Kelly Bryant anyway. Not to the point where
2: you would make him the starter, especially with him being a true freshman. Like yeah. he's got more time that he can learn to do this.
1: Yeah, I mean, that might have been a big part of Kelly's problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, listen, it's my last year. This guy's got three more years after this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't mind you putting him in fourth quarter, but come on. Right. This is my team. Mm-hmm.
2: And he had waited two years under uh, Watson. Right. Yeah. I'd, I would transfer probably. I guess I'm not a otherworldly like athlete or anything either, so I don't know what all it takes to to get to that level.
1: But. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else, and not to throw shade, but state done what state typically does. If you have any hope about state being their year, they'll go and lose one they shouldn't. They broke your heart by losing twice. Mm-hmm. They got to go to Bryant Denny, and by all means, they could definitely upset Alabama. That's why they play every Saturday. By the way, you, mm-hmm. I mean. The raging Cajuns could have won last weekend. That's why they play anything. Anything is possible. It's not plausible, but it's possible.
2: You saw that dude uh, bet sixteen hundred dollars to win a dollar and sixty cents.
1: Well, I hope I never meet that guy because that's stupid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he bet sixteen hundred dollars on Alabama to just win the game, and he won a dollar and sixty cents.
1: Congratulations to you. Yeah. What a yeah. what a wonderful use of money.
2: He went out on a limb.
1: He really did. And I uh, I would like to fully congratulate him on his endeavors. That that had to be a tough decision. It had to be almost as hard as picking the over or under and not going with the spread. Congratulations to you. That was money well spent. Sixteen hundred for a dollar sixty? Wow, I'm blown away. You pretty, pretty much bad. uh minus it by like a thousand percent. Congrats Hey,
2: How much money did you make on the game though?
1: zero dollars
2: a dollar and sixty cents less than he did.
1: You are correct, but I also didn't put sixteen hundred in <laughs> to the, the the watching or the viewing of the game. I put yeah. about a whole thirty dollars. I went and bought hot dogs and grilled out.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. like
1: a good time. And it was, and it was not $1,600 worthy, and it should have never been.
2: (laughs) If I pay $1,600 for anything towards a game,
1: I'm going to be sitting courtside somewhere. You bet you bought a dollar. Breaking news, the
3: Cubs just tied it up in the bottom of the
2: eight.
1: That is breaking. And who are they playing?
2: The Colorado Smokies.
1: Wonderful. I mean, Rockies. No, you said it right the first time.
2: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> You'd think the Rockies would be a little more rockier.
1: That John Debra's full of crap.
2: <laughs> I I said it like this the other day, and I think it's really the way I feel, is that the previous coach we had, and I liked someone for what he was. Like I didn't have any designs on him leading us to like the promised land or anything. He was a good offensive coach. I liked him for that. But he never gave me the feeling that Jimbo does in that when Jimbo is coaching, I feel like we can play a perfect game in that like we can play as good as we possibly can. I never felt like that with someone. Like I always felt like we were going to m- make at least one mistake somewhere, whether that was going to be play calling or execution or our defense
1: was just going to suck all of a sudden. I'll tell you but something else. like... You I, have a chance
3: to at least play to the best of your
1: ability. Yeah, I think that drives the point I was going to make was Summerlin is out in Arizona. If I am not mistaken, yeah, yeah, and he not had a good. he had a pretty good quarterback, same as Kellen Mond. I am not saying that Kellen Mond is God's gift A and M, yeah, but you can definitely see that Jimbo has had a impact on the progression. Of his skill. Oh, it's,
2: it's a huge difference. And I didn't think Mond was going to be a quarterback for us this year. I thought it was going to be Starkle, who had, last year was the better thrower. He was the better passer. And Mond was more of like a, a running quarterback, which he still is.
3: Yeah, this, His completion percentage jumped up like 15% from
1: last year to this year. Mond's did. I was like... That's pretty crazy. I remember watching him last season, and his vision for the field is dramatic. <clears throat> and not to mention what Jimbo brought in with the, the fact that we're going to utilize tight ends.
2: Yeah, what a novel idea. These, these mismatched nightmares on the field that are 6'5 and can run a 4'5, and you have to either cover them with a uh, tight end, or with a linebacker who's going to be too slow or a defensive back who's going to be too small. Yeah. Maybe we'll throw to those guys. What
1: yeah. a crazy idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so surprised that like all the announcers and commentators, which I mean, I understand all they do is point out the obvious. Mm-hmm. But like they've, they've all tipped their hat to Jimbo for that, and I was like, yeah, no crap.
2: Yeah. Uh, I hate that this... The one tight end we got, that's really good. We only have them for one year, but it'd be that way sometimes. Man, I had higher expectations for Tennessee this year. I guess it was kind of unfair to expect that.
1: You know know what my guess was? What? Six wins.
2: They might might hit it.
1: You're not going to be, and I'm not not just saying this because I'm an Alabama fan, you're not going to be Alabama caliber. Just because no. you came from Alabama, that doesn't mean – it means something. It doesn't mean anything in some regard.
2: Yeah. And there are coaches like that come from Alabama that step into a good situation. That's not one of them. Like, yeah. Kirby stepped into a pretty good situation. Yeah, Georgia's not
1: a bad team. team. Mark, Mark Rick, he just I, – I like Mark Rick, but he, he never was a finisher. He never could come through all the way. No.
2: And he was a good recruiter in most aspects, but then he had some pretty big misses that were – hard to overlook yeah but um, like that time I think the famous one is he tried to recruit um, Cam Newton to play tight end
1: oh wow it's like ah that's a big miss (laughs)
2: well maybe but also he's gonna be the NFL MVP so
1: yeah and he went on to be a quarterback for Auburn and just rocked and rolled Alabama single-handedly in Bryant-Denny. I was at that game, left very upset. <laughs> he could have played for
2: probably 20 teams that year and won the title.
1: I'm telling you, it's, it's something special about that kind of player. I mean, I remember watching RG3 at Baylor. Mm-hmm. And I, this is special.
2: It's like, wow, if you played for any team that yeah. had
1: defense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if if he would have just been in a, you know, maybe at Oklahoma if you wanted to go Big 12. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just be high-flying, or if you, if you would have put him at, my goodness, just think if he would have went to, like, an Auburn. Yeah. Or, man, I, it's hard to imagine.
2: That's how crazy it is, though, Alan, with, like, high school football players, and especially in Texas, but... Um, like RG3 went to Copper's Cove High School, and that's a big high school, and they were very successful. And when he was there, they were a very good football team. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, maybe you can be the quarterback at Baylor. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this dude's unreal. But that's like when I was covering games for AL.com, and I still might do a couple this year, but I got to watch Kadarius Tony from Blunt High School, and he was the quarterback there. Yeah. And... I'm just watching him run for hundreds of yards, and his arm is a cannon. He's slinging the pillow all over the field, and I got to interview him after the game and stuff. You know, when he was he committed to Florida, and uh, I was like, "Are they going to let you try for quarterback?" He said, "Yeah, they said they're going to let me uh, try out for it. They might try me out at receiver a little bit." I was like, "Okay, well, that sounds good. I look forward to it." And I mean, Florida needs a quarterback. Yeah. But it just so happens Kadarius Tony is like one of the more electric receivers that you can have. But they used him a little bit. Didn't he throw a touchdown against State this last week?
1: I want to say you're right.
2: Use him in like wildcat situations. But these kids in high school, man, they're so stinking talented now that I don't know. It's just hard. <laughs> it's hard to pick a good spot, it's hard to get a coach to recruit you. Yeah. to be the right position
1: and stuff well all right man this has been another episode of porch talk Levi thank you so much for uh being on and looking forward to hearing Reefall.
2: thank you for having me on I appreciate it and shout out to porch talk nation it has been real
1: dope <laughs> all right man until next time see ya. all right bud see ya
5: Let's go Hitchhiker on the side of the road To him the next headlights are home For I gotta know If this is the end of our road Oh if something could give cause I will and i just yet here still The wonder whether. Oh